Hello, welcome to the BT360 podcast, What's Up in Business Travel, a weekly podcast where we update you on what's up this week in the world of business travel. This podcast is great for those who need to know what's happening all in less than 15 minutes. My name is Ash. Let's get started. It is Monday, August 29th, and we have completed week 34 of 2022. As a reminder, we have released our July 2022 Insights Report, The Numbers Tell the Story. This is a recap of how the travel industry performed last month. This report is not an opinion piece, but is based only on the facts through numbers released by the Airline Reporting Corporation, ARC. We look at their data and we provide you the analysis in a simple and easy-to-understand manner. You can access this report by visiting businesstravel360.com. Now, let's get to the headlines. In the next steps in the DOT ticket refund rulemaking, two important events occurred on August 22nd. The Notice of Proposed Rulemaking on Ticket Refunds was published in the Federal Register. The publication of the notice started the official clock for submitting comments, which is due by November 21st, 2022. The options for filing comments are set out in the Federal Register document. Travel advisors should watch for advisories from ASTA that will be urging members and other advisors to support comments with their own. The other major event was a day-long meeting of the DOT Aviation Consumer Protection Advisory Committee, also known as ACPAC. The sole purpose of this meeting was to enable DOT staff to explain the NPRM, Notice for Proposed Rulemaking, proposals, and hear from interested parties. There were no major surprises, but several important clarifications surfaced that suggest that comments may be even more extensive than first thought. DOT in the end was unmoved by concerns that making travel advisors responsible for refunding cash when the money was in the hands of the airline might compel more advisors to stop selling airline travel altogether. Such a result would not be in the public's interest. It seems clear that the DOT is going to be hard to dissuade from the present course unless there's a mass uprising of advisors opposing to the opposition of obligations most advisors simply cannot afford. Fueled by high demand, wait times of several months or more for global entry enrollment and renewal interviews continue to be common. While many applications are being reviewed quickly, in some cases the process can take 6 to 18 months to complete. This is according to the Customs Border Protection, which runs the program. Customs said that in July it received an average of 11,500 new and renewal applications daily for global entry and the Century, Nexus, and Fast Trusted Travel programs, a figure that amounts to an unprecedented increase in application submissions. COVID-related capacity reductions at enrollment centers also remain in effect, exasperating the appointment backlog. Global entry membership costs only $100 and lasts for five years. The way Google calculates the climate impact of your flight has changed, according to the BBC. Flights now appear to have much less impact on the environment than before. That's because the world's biggest search engine, Google, has taken a key driver of global warming out of its online carbon flight calculator. Google has airbrushed a high chunk of the aviation industry climate impacts from its pages. This is according to Dr. Doug Parr, chief scientist of Greenpeace. With Google hosting 9 out of every 10 online searches, this can have a wide repercussion for people's travel decisions. The company said it made the changes following consultations with its industry peers. 
Just as the travel industry continues to undergo rapid changes coming out of its two-plus years in the COVID pandemic, one of the most important trade associations does as well. The American Society of Travel Advisors, ASTA, this week unveiled plans for two major changes. One, a rebranding and a complete overhaul of its website. And two, a new ASTA credo that will help it more clearly define the role of its members. This is a major step forward, according to ASTA CEO and President Zane Kirby, as he told the media this week during a press conference at the ASTA convention in San Francisco. About 18 months ago, Kirby said, the board of directors at ASTA decided to pour significant resources into ASTA's rebranding, which includes the website overhaul. The new website, which will be unveiled to all members and the general public, will happen on September 1st. Now in news relating to changes in travel due to the pandemic. The last U.S.-based airline to offer an international first-class product will begin taking it out of service, moving to an expanded long-haul business class product. Flagship first seating across American Airlines flights will come to an end as the airline plans to install a larger business class product instead. Of the three major U.S.-based airlines, American was the last to offer true first-class cabin on both select domestic and international flights. The goal for the airline is to ultimately face out the front of the cabin service in favor of more streamlined services. No details about the seats have been announced, nor how it would affect the airline's other luxury services, like flagship first dining at the airline's premium cabin lounge at JFK Airport. Like most Asian airlines, Singapore Airlines strictly enforced the mask mandate on board all its flights, regardless of destination, to stick with government guidelines. Any passenger age 6 and above was required to wear a mask during a flight and was only allowed to remove the mask during mealtimes. However, the Singapore government recently announced the mask wearing will no longer be mandatory unless on public transportation and healthcare facilities. This is welcoming news that means that passengers flying on Singapore Airlines will not be required to wear a mask on their flights from August 29th onwards unless they're flying to or from a destination that still mandates it. British Airways is making another big round of cuts to its 2022 and 2023 schedules. The airline announced that it will be dropping another 10,000 flights to and from Heathrow that were originally scheduled between October 2022 and March 2023. That is in addition to another 600 flights, about a dozen a day, scheduled through the end of October, which British Airways also cancelled on Monday. Even with the lack of disruption expected, Monday's announcement is further evidence that just how much further their travel ecosystem has to go coming out of COVID-19. Japan will waive pre-departure COVID-19 tests for vaccinated travelers to the country, but daily caps on entrance will remain in place. The requirement for tests will be lifted from September 7th. No decision has yet been made on a reported plan to raise the daily cap of inbound travelers from 20,000 to 50,000. Japan has maintained some of the strictest pandemic border measures among major economies requiring travelers to present a negative COVID-19 test taken within 72 hours of departure. Japan in June opened up to tourists for the first time in two years, but requirements that they apply for visas and stick to guided package tours have kept the actual number of inbound visitors really small. Scandinavian Airlines has canceled 1,700 flights scheduled in September and October following a 15-day pilot strike in July and delayed aircraft deliveries. The Stockholm-based airline grounded some 3,700 flights during last month's strike action, which ended on July 19th after an agreement was reached with the four unions representing pilots in a drawn-out paid dispute. 
The airline also said that the previous strike had severely impacted its financial position, with the overall impact expected to exceed $145 million. Two thousand and twenty-two will be filled with news of mergers and new partnerships. Open hotel commerce platform SiteMinder will acquire guest experience platform GuestJoy this year. Terms of the deal have not been disclosed. The acquisition follows the recent launch of SiteMinder's next generation platform, which unifies its channel management, distribution, and booking engine products with real-time market insights, automated payments, website building capabilities, and more than fifteen hundred partner integrations. GuestJoy will further expand SiteMinder's platform by allowing hotels to automate and digitize their guest communication, drive upsell revenues, and strengthen direct guest acquisition. A SiteMinder partner since 2017, GuestJoy will be fully integrated into the SiteMinder hotel commerce platform following the completion of the acquisition. Uber has partnered with e-commerce technology company Rocked to unlock new revenue opportunities at the moment of transaction. New York-based Rock, which has announced a similar partnership with AMC Theaters, uses machine learning to surface relevant offers to customers during checkout. In addition to driving additional revenue, the future will help with customer acquisition and retention. The partnership will officially launch with Uber Eats in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Japan. Aha, the Reno, Nevada-based leisure airline established last October by ExpressJet has ceased operations. In an August 22nd statement on the Aha website, ExpressJet also said it has entered into a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The company won't assist with alternative travel accommodations, and it's advised customers who owed Aha tickets to seek a refund through the credit card company. We regret that a combination of market and economic conditions has led us to take this action, according to ExpressJet. American Airlines has signed a new five-year capacity purchase agreement with Air Wisconsin Airlines, in which the latter has agreed to provide up to 60 CRJ 200 aircraft for American Eagle Regional Services. As a result of the new agreement, capacity purchase agreement currently in effect between Air Wisconsin and United Airlines is expected to terminate in accordance to its terms. Air Wisconsin's fleet will start to enter into service no later than March 2023. <music> And now, in news relating to the return to travel, Qantas has just announced a 1.19 billion dollar loss for the last 12 months to June 30th, with the figure including a 686 million dollar net gain on the sale of surplus land. The company said its third major pre-tax loss reflected the impact of the Delta and Omicron variants of COVID-19, as well as upfront costs from restarting operations as lockdowns finally ended. The CEO of Qantas said that the overall impact of COVID on the group was now almost seven billion dollars. London Gatwick Airport said it will end capacity caps this month, bringing some relief to travelers as schedule reductions at the UK's larger Heathrow hub continue through the winter season. Gatwick has recently hired 400 security personnel to help address a staffing crisis, while delegating workers to help relieve shortages at the other airport firms. The return to normal operations at Gatwick comes after Heathrow extended limits on departing passengers through the end of the summer season in October, citing a prolonged labor crunch at ground handling firms. A new Canadian leisure airline has permission to launch. Toronto-based Jetline said on Monday that it has received its domestic and international service licenses. The news followed the award by Transport Canada on Thursday of an air operating certificate for Jetlines. The startup airline will begin services with flights from Toronto's airport. The launch will come this fall, though Jetlines has not set the specific date. 
Now, in some technology news. Corporate travel management company World Travel Inc. has partnered with U.S. Bank to create a virtual pay product for its clients. The payment product was developed to walk, talk, and act like a physical card and bring all the benefits of a virtual card. The partnership with U.S. Bank, which last year acquired travel and expense platform Travel Bank, will solve for that issue. Companies can set policy controls and time limits around the card so travelers can use it for other travel needs such as ride shares and dining. This is according to World Travel CIO Ivan Emana. ATP Code today announced it has deepened its partnership with Southwest Airlines through two new agreements, including express contracts, providing highly valued corporate contract automation and route happy. Recognizing the value in ATP Code's solution, Southwest recently signed multi year agreements to utilize route happy and express contracts. With its route happy agreement, the airline travel experience options has presented its own brand voice in multiple languages, regardless of sales channel, and in the most visually appealing display that highlights the benefits of flying on Southwest. Southwest Airlines launched the ability for customers to digitally upgrade their boarding on eligible itineraries. Upgraded boarding at $30 per flight per passenger allows customers to secure a A1 to A15 boarding position depending on availability. The service will be available to purchase beginning 24 hours before a flight scheduled departure and will end at 30 minutes before that scheduled departure. Passengers with business select tickets already receive A1 through A15 boarding positions. The benefit is for those that are flying on anytime, want to get away, or the recently added want to get away plus fares. With that, thank you for joining us, and I would like to ask you to tune in again next week on Monday morning to get your weekly update. We hope you will make this a regular part of your week and listen in while you're on the move or sitting back and sipping your coffee. You can subscribe to this business travel podcast by searching Business Travel 360 on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeart, Pandora, or Spotify. Be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know so that they may also benefit from getting to know more about what's up in business travel. You can always find more information on businesstravel360.com. Have a great day and travel well.